Hello everyone and welcome to our weekly online service for Gen 1, Kingdom Encounter. We are here every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Go ahead and take a moment to share this broadcast out or down in the comments. Go ahead and let us know where in the world you're watching the broadcast from tonight. Um, our Gen 1 community is around the United States and around the world, so we love to hear from you where you're watching tonight's online service. Tonight, our theme is Kingdom Culture, and we will be focusing on healing. We have Drew Neal and a special guest, evangelist Andrew Murray, tonight. They are going to dive into what it looks like to grow in the gifting of healing. I'm really excited for tonight's, for tonight's service. And remember, we will have our Healing Rooms teams available for you next Wednesday. So come back next Wednesday at 8 p.m. and we will have our ministry teams available. And for right now, I will throw it over to Drew Neal. All right. Thanks so much, Jenna. And hello and welcome to Kingdom Encounter tonight. It's going to be just a fantastic evening together. I'm here with you for the next few moments and I'm going to share a few things about what it means to instigate a culture of healing. Now, if you caught our service last week, of course, we went after what a culture of the prophetic can look like and uh, excited to push into these different cultures and really ask the big question of what does church look like when these experiences are elevated within our culture and not just elevated as a theological belief on a set of documents, on your website somewhere, and really just up the bar of our faith and our expectation on what's possible when we come together and elevate this as our reality. Well, my name is Drew and I'm the founder of Generation One, a local church here in Metro Detroit, as well as a, a global platform that's resourcing leaders and bringing them into a greater expression of the kingdom and doing it at a multi-generational level, thus Generation One. We are not an exclusive generation, but we are a multi-generation uh, community that is united as one. And, you know, we've really been uh, just inspired by Malachi 4.6, where the hearts of the fathers would be turned to the children, the children to the father. There's something very special and significant when we come together and a multi-generational expression and really demonstrate and uh, manifest the full depth and realm of God's love and his goodness in the kingdom. So, Excited tonight to spend some time with you. And uh, as I was preparing for tonight, I was just so reminded about Romans chapter 8, verse 14. It's where I want to start tonight when we start to ask the question, what is possible, what is necessary to really elevate healing as a culture? Well, in Romans chapter 8, verse 14 through 16, you're going to know this. It says, for as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. What's remarkable is that we are able to be led by the Spirit of God. That means our behavior, our motivation, uh, the results of our life, the fruit of our life should be that of a Spirit-led life. These are the sons of God. And there's a great message, you know, that's been exploding in the church for the last couple of decades about identity and 
you know, I, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, this, this concept really showing up in the late nineties and, and churchianity for me and, uh, and hearing about this idea of intimacy and identity and connection and what this was beginning to open up. And it really just blew open, you know, the conversation on what it meant to relate to God as a father. And so, of course, we were relating to God as a judge. We've been relating to God as creator. We've been relating to God as the beginning and the end, Alpha and Omega. But, you know, really putting weight on the bar for God to be a father was a game changer. So this game changer has been showing up to then ask the question, how does our father behave? How do, how do we relate with God as a father? And, you know, we have all these other, you know, disciplines, if you will, of how to relate with God in, the, in these other aspects. But really, God as a father is a higher revelation than God as judge or creator or, you know, as Alpha and Omega, you know, because Jesus was a perfect expression of the father on the earth. So he came to demonstrate what the father wanted to do and showed us what that relationship began to look like. And so, of course, Jesus was the firstborn among many brethren, giving us this model or giving us a template of what it looks like to, to relate with God as Father here in the earth. And so, for as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. One of the greatest attributes of being a son or a daughter of the King of kings and Lord of lords is that we are led by the Spirit. And so this is essential. And so because we're led of the Spirit, we begin to realize that life in the Spirit is the way that we communicate or express our relationship as a son or daughter to the good father. And here it is. He goes on and says, for you've not received, you've not received the spirit of fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption. Life in the spirit is not something that I react to in emotion, like fear, you know, being led of the spirit is not reactionary. It's solutionary which means the spirit of God, the solution of the spirit of God is sonship, daughterhood. It's relating to God as Abba, daddy, Abba, God, Abba, father, daddy, all the words, it's there. And it says the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are, it means it's confirmed by the spirit. So when you are led by the Spirit of God, it confirms the fact that you are indeed dignified in relationship to the Father as its child, which means we can begin to move in confidence that all the things that our Father is doing, that we're invited in, that we can be led by the core motivators of our Father, the identity of our Father, is the reality that we are invited into in our oneness. Anything outside of that? My dear friend Brian Orm likes to say, is an illusion. It's a distraction. It's a counterfeit. It's an it's a it's energy in motion by the enemy to try to create an alternate reality that's outside of the existence of God. Well, what's true is that none of us have existence outside of God. We are the breath of God. We are we are the the the, the bread of life is in us. The spirit lives in us. We were made in the image of God. And so that is an alternate reality that is a lie. It's an illusion. And so, uh, but the enemy loves to get us trying to live in this alternate reality where we have to self-perform, self, you know, uh, you know, provide and, and all the things, right? And so there, there's a need for us to realize that when we ask this bigger question about what's possible in the spirit that is connected to our identity, it's connected to our proximity, 
our relationship or the definition of relationship that I have with the Father and life in the Spirit. And so this is how healing becomes possible. It becomes possible to move through us because of what I'm connected to, how I'm relating back to the Godhead. It's not some magical prayer. It's not my performance. It's not behavior management. It's not reward and cursing, meaning God doesn't reward people with healing and curse people with disease. It's actually not at all about those things. It's all about connection. It's about how I actually relate to God as a father. And so when we start to talk about a culture, I know I spent some time last week talking about this reality that a culture is when I realize that something's possible in an atmosphere because of the precedence of a community of people saying this is what's most important to us. Now, you can find out a culture about an organization very quickly when you walk in maybe into their office and you see what's written on the walls. You can, uh, you know, culture is really about the things that determine people's behaviors and choices when there aren't rules, meaning what are the, the, the subliminal preferences or what are the things what are the values that are instigated that determine uh, the empowerment mechanism for how things are governed and how things move and how things and how people relate to one another? And um, I think I, I may have shared even last week, and I was uh, so inspired by a businessman here in Detroit. He's a you know a very influential businessman who's been part of the Renaissance in our city. And you know, he has this revelation of culture. And so he's defined their culture with 24 different isms, they called them. And, and in these 24 isms, it's basically, it's the, the, the boundaries or the values that they have in their culture that determines how to respond to people, how to relate with coworkers, how to relate with your boss, how to relate with clients. And it's this empowering framework that allows people to make powerful decisions in real time about how to reinforce the nature of the company or the identity of the company. And so here we, as sons and daughters of a father, are trying to reflect the identity of our father, the culture or the core values of our father. And so there's a need for us to begin to elevate the principles and priorities of our father in the environments that we steward, AKA our church services, AKA our Bible studies, our home groups, our ministry moments, the atmosphere that I carry when I walk out onto the street in my cubicle, in my home, either is an atmosphere or an expectation that is stewarded by my heart, by my mindset, by the values I commit my life to. You know, people who commit themselves to joy, which we may get into that a little bit later in these broadcasts, um, is, is, is powerful because you can find the people who are hopeful and joyful very easy without words. They don't have to tell you that. You can see it on their face. You can feel it in your interactions with them. Well, the reality of healing is also part of a culture. When you get around people who value healing, they begin to set a precedence that they believe that healing is always possible. Not because you know we've learned how to conjure God, or that there's some type of special lever that we have access to, or that we you know find some way to strong arm God into you know whatever doing what we want Him to do. There's really a revelation of God's nature, and in His nature we find out His will. And of course, God can move powerfully in a moment outside of you know predictive things, meaning He has a will and uh, that we don't always see clearly. 
Um, but when I don't actually, when, when I pray and I, it's not clear to me what the will of God is, my default position has to be God's nature because in his nature is his will. And in the nature of God is his names. The names define the nature. And we know that he is Jehovah Rapha, healer. Rapha is the word healer. And so it means great physician. And so we know that if God has named himself as a father, also to be physician or healer, that we're able to determine God's will or his desire when it comes to disease and it is to eliminate it. So we have this responsibility to begin to elevate the nature of our good father as we make decisions on how to, how do we respond to disease? You know, how do we respond to the father that defines our relationship to then know how to respond to disease? Disease does not define my relationship with the father. My father, the relationship with my father defines my relationship with disease. And so there's a need for us to become aware of this. What's actually defining the relationship? Is my circumstance going to define my relationship with God or is my relationship with God going to define my circumstance? This is something we many times we have backwards. We expect my circumstance to define the way that God's going to behave. And then many times we even have weird conundrums we get ourselves into with bad theology about what that looks like as well. And so as pastors, as leaders, as mothers and fathers, as mentors, as uh, disciplers of disciples, we have a responsibility to define our relationship with the Father or, or God as a Father, being led by the Spirit, and then understanding God's nature behind that. That life in the Spirit is about proliferating or magnifying the values and the desires or the will of God. And the will of God, we know, is when it comes to healing, is that he is the physician. He's one with the reality of healing, which means that God's desire and his will or his ability and his availability uh, is about uh, destroying disease. We know that Jesus came to pay for sickness and disease. By his stripes, we are healed. We know that sickness... Um, has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. You know, Jesus told the disciples to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And, uh, and, and so isn't it interesting that he never said to beg? He said to bring people to heal the sick and cast out demons. And so what does it look like for us to begin to open up this reality that in my atmosphere of what I'm in charge of, whether it's in my office or in my home or in the church that I lead, or in the Sunday school group that I lead, or in the home study that I lead, that when, when I begin to elevate the reality of my father, that the results of my father are now beginning to be in motion. This is what it looks like to begin to lift the expectation that uh, from I'm a person who believes in healing to leading a culture of healing. When I lead a culture of healing, people automatically believe that people are, others are going to be healed. It's not a matter of if we should pray or when should we pray. It's that when you have a culture of healing, that when the moment that someone says, hey, I'm not feeling great, that people automatically know how to respond and reflect the heart of the Father in that moment. And so, of course, we need wisdom. And this is not some, you know, one size fits all. And, and, and we don't want to eliminate wisdom, right? Because wisdom knows how, which means there's there are unique, you know, there's nuance here to to meet people's emotional needs and their social needs and their spiritual needs throughout the process of also wanting to believe for healing. But, but generally speaking, 
we have we would see so many more people get healed if our default position was god is healer he is available and he's willing to heal right now in this moment my job isn't to heal people my job is to believe god will right now that he's available to do this my job is also to believe that if nothing manifests right now that he's able to show himself in time for that individual god works outside of time and so this whole idea of restoration of the body is something that we've really had to overcome you know so one of the this is one of the biggest obstacles to setting up a culture of healing is that we actually believe that you know god doesn't want to heal or that there's a need for our bodies to be subject to some type of persecution or incompleteness and and whatever and so we need to realize that salvation actually was meant to heal the body in this life the body is not meant to be condemned the body is not inherently evil god wants to heal the body the soul and the spirit right this is what sozo is to be saved healed and delivered and our body soul and spirit the word salvation is sozo in the greek in the new testament every single time when salvation comes it's a multi-dimensional experience so we need to be constantly living in the reality of what it means to bring our body soul and spirit into alignment with those things you know it's easy for us to understand that we need to be renewed in our mind you know there's many people i know who have saved hearts but they have pagan minds because they they learn to think about god but they haven't learned to think like god this is where this culture begins to show up is teaching people how to think with god or to think like god and not just think about him and so there's lots of people who are thankful for jesus but they never begin to change their thinking through the renewing of their mind in the word of god so they can begin to live like jesus this is the shift from religion into kingdom religion is form without power and so we want the form but we want the power right we want to have the patterns the disciplines the behaviors the fruit of the spirit when we're led of the spirit should yield the results of the spirit and of course our gifts are tremendous tools to amplify the volume amplify the volume of fruit moving through our lives this is what we're called to this is what we've been brought into this is what we're invited into and so church leader i'm speaking to you right now ministry leader small group leader sunday school teacher father mother entrepreneur boss manager anyone who has a desire to want to impact someone else's life you have the opportunity to steward your atmosphere to steward what is possible when someone comes near you right your spirit is bigger than any problem and so the kingdom of god is trying to move through us to solve the problems around us this is our true kingdom reality so what does it look like for us to step into this you know we need to begin to establish a culture of healing in our homes and our businesses in our churches i mean if we can't practice in church if church can't be a safe place to make a mess you know and a mess in healing is trying to believe for healing and then it not happening and trying to work out the things that are there right we all know that there's wisdom needed for these things we're living in the tension of the now and the not yet but in our belief we're going to see more in the now than the not yet when we believe and so we're all trying to elevate that reality of seeing more heaven on the earth today than we've ever seen before and so I, my encouragement is to you right now to begin to elevate and lift your expectation about what's possible when you know that you're one with the one who knows all things. This is what's important for us. 
is that we begin to embrace this reality and begin to commit our lives to saying, I'm not just going to be someone who thinks about these things, but I'm going to begin to live and demonstrate these things in my life. I'll never forget some of these moments as I was beginning to open up my heart to these, this risk-filled, faith-filled journey. You know, we always say that, you know, faith is spelt R-I-S-K, jumping over the chicken line. It's this default mechanism from it's probably me and it might be God to it's probably God, but it might be me. This idea that I'm inherently filled with the spirit of God. When I acknowledge my need for a savior and I've received the blood and I received the redemption of Jesus as my savior, something begins to come alive in me that can begin to lead me in every situation. What does it look like to trust that, to obey when God speaks that we can have impact and people's lives. Embracing his will as his, the way to govern your behavior is a powerful way to begin to bring change, to bring breakthrough, and to see increased healing in the lives of the people around us when we stand for the kingdom of God, when we stand for the goodness of God. So I just wanna encourage you, you are able to do this, it's worth it. And, uh, and I just wanna pray for you right now as we just wrap up this moment. And, We've, we've got Andrew Murray coming up here in a moment, and we're going to dive into the word and, and get into this full reality of what is possible in healing. And I'm so excited for you to experience the anointing on his life. And it's going to be profound. But I just want to pray for you right now that your heart would be opened up to think bigger about what's possible when we don't just have right theology, but we begin to steward a culture, a belief system that has practice and values and expectation in it. Father, I thank you right now. Lord, for what it is that you are wanting to do in the lives of everyone that's watching this right now, whether live or on the replay. Father, we declare that, Lord, you are bringing, um, uh, 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 that there is, a, you're not bringing, it's here. There is a fullness available in our oneness with you that gives us access to breakthrough and healing. Lord, we declare we are not just people who agree with the Bible, but Lord, we are practitioners of the reality of heaven coming to earth in Jesus' mighty name. This is our full reality. This is what we stand for. This is what we believe for. This is what we live in. This is what we walk in because it is your will to heal. You are willing and available. And so we stand today, God, not just for right theology, but we stand as practitioners, as people who are putting your will in play and in motion. I bless everyone watching right now so that they would see and know that this is your desire for us in this moment. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. There is breakthrough here right now. I just see courage increasing right now. There is breakthrough right now with what it is that God is doing in your life. It is available. Why don't you grab hold of it right now? It's here. It's right now. And we're just getting started tonight here on Kingdom Encounter. We got some amazing things coming up here tonight. But before we jump into our time with Andrew Murray, we're going to go back to Jenna. We're going to hit some announcements and some things that are going on and some ways that you can connect back in with Gen 1 community. Jenna, why don't you take us away? Thank you so much, Drew. Yeah, we have some exciting things going on here at Gen 1, and we are especially looking forward to our Easter service. This is going to be April 3rd. That is a Saturday at 4 p.m. in Troy, Michigan. If you are local with us, please come by um, to our Easter service. This is going to be an incredibly special time for all of us. We also have... Um, our 
Good Friday online service. This is going to be in our Gen 1 community group. Um, so if you go ahead and search for Gen 1 community, you will be able to join us on Good Friday. That is April 2nd at 1 p.m. We are really looking forward to this time together. We will take communion. It will just be an incredibly special time to celebrate Good Friday. And then of course, April 3rd, we will be together for our Easter service as well. And at Gen 1, we still have our family groups available. So if you would like to learn more about our family groups, if you would like to connect with more people at Gen 1, just go ahead and visit Generation 1 org slash community groups. You can give us some information and let us know that you are interested in connecting with a family group. These are our small groups and they are so powerful. It is a great way to connect here at Gen 1. We also have our Supernatural Identity course and we have two tracks available. We have Supernatural Identity and now we have the Prophetic track available for you. And you can visit generation1.org slash courses um, and you can check out both our identity course and our prophetic course. Um, those are both available for you. Um, we are really excited about these courses. And don't forget that Tony Mancina's book, um, Kingdom Essentials is also still available to you at generation1.org slash Kingdom Essentials. Uh, make sure that you come back next week, Wednesday at 8 p.m. We will have our healing rooms ministry teams available for you at that time. Um, they will be in the Zoom rooms. I will be there. <laughs> so make sure that you come back next week. Um, the link for that is always in the description of our broadcast when we have um, ministry teams available. That link will be in the description of that broadcast. So come back next week, 8 p.m. until 9.30. We will have those ministry teams available for you via Zoom. It is personal, it is private. This team is just incredible. They are so on fire, they are so filled with the spirit and they just love for you to come in and let them love on you. Um, it's a really special time, so come back next week for that at 8 p.m. on Wednesday. If you are local with us, we always have our in-person service every Saturday in Troy, Michigan at 4 p.m. This is a fantastic time um, of us just coming together and enjoying <laughs> um, worship and fellowship together. It is just so special. So. 1800 West Long Lake Road in Troy, Michigan. If you are local with us, please stop by every Saturday at 4 p.m. And with that, I will bring Drew back, back on. <laughs> I will bring Drew back on <laughs> to for our offering. Yeah, Jenna. And hey, as we're ready for offering, we do have some cool testimonies. Uh, to share. We, last week in ministry, we've been seeing breakthroughs. We actually did our prophetic teams last week. Of course, you're saying we have healing rooms next week. But we have a couple of great testimonies, Jenna, that you're sharing with me before uh, broadcast. And, and I want to share just a couple of those before we move on. 
I would love to, Drew. Yes, thank you so much. So a few weeks ago, um, we had someone who came into our healing rooms. We were so happy to welcome them, of course. And our ministry team um, didn't know this person. Um, and they had an incredible, incredible prophetic word for them that God was um, moving in their life in the area both of their work and their housing, and that there was an incredible increase and a blessing that God um, was moving in in their life. And of course, you know, they were very happy, they were very excited, and they did let us know that that was something that they were in need of. And we were so excited um, just these last uh, week, you know, to get a testimony back from them. Okay. That so amazing that God had provided a new work environment for this person. They had gotten that job that they needed. It was oh, incredible. They were they were so blessed. Um, they were just you know blown away that um, you know God cared and that they had that prophetic word and that it all came to pass. And as far as housing, it was so incredible. Um, this person had found housing that they desperately needed, and they had been told they would have to wait four months in order to move in, which is quite a long time. What are you supposed to do for four months? Right. Um, and so they were very, you know, kind of distressed about that. But yet, God moved in favor for this person, according mm. to the prophetic word. That our team had given them. That is actually, so good. It's so amazing. That's so encouraging. And they were able to move in right away, and they actually got a discount on housing as well. So job and housing, all the things that were in the credit card, just just this amazing move of God in hmm. life. It, it was wonderful to hear that. Come on, that is so good, so good. And I quickly, yeah, I think we have a healing testimony as well. And I know we have healing rooms next week. You guys want to be here for healing rooms. And uh, Jenna, we had a, a kind of a cool report on on uh, one of the ministry opportunities there. Yes, yes, we have seen some incredible healings um, in our healing rooms. And one that was really fun, um, it was really fun for us to see this person uh, just relieved of symptoms because their symptoms were terrible. Uh, they'd had an, an ear infection for weeks and pain constantly for weeks and had been taking antibiotics and taking all the medicines and trying to do everything the doctor said. And it was just not being relieved. The pain was not being relieved. The ear infection was just not going away. And it was so amazing because our team prayed over this person and they felt immediate relief, immediate relief wow, from these symptoms that they've been having for weeks. Um, and they did let us know that they did feel better after that, you know, that things healed up after being prayed for. Um, and it was just so amazing to see something that's measurable in an instant, that their pain and that their inability to hear on that nerve, it all cleared up immediately. So powerful. Come on, right now, even if you're just listening and you're, you need provision and housing, you need breakthrough in your finances, maybe you have a physical symptom, we just release these testimonies over you right now, wherever you're at. And we declare this is your moment, this is your time. And that just as the Lord did it for these individuals, we'll do it for you as well. We declare that right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Jenna, thanks so much. What a great report. And uh, excited to see what the Lord's going to do next week. And healing rooms, make sure you guys are here and you're joining us. Thanks, Jenna, so much. You're so welcome. Well,
if uh, you know if you're looking for ways to get Generation One right now, we uh, there are multiple ways you can do that. And of course, uh, you can do that through text to give or through generationone.org. And then uh, it's right there, there on the screen. Excellent. And we have Ephraim on the screens here tonight. Thanks, Ephraim. And so uh, we just thank you guys for your generosity. You know, it's making these moments of ministry possible uh, where we can reach out all over the world and take our teams uh, into hospitals, into mountaintops, into the darkest places, the lightest places across time zones here at these moments. And of course, uh, be able to be available to bring the kingdom of God. And uh, so thank you so much for you guys' support. It's amazing. Of course, general community ties and offerings. If you're a part of another community of believers, uh, please make sure your tithe is going there. The Lord will lead you in an offering. Of course, we trust to be led of the Spirit of God. We want to make a declaration together right now. And uh, in the declaration, we will do this here today. As we receive today's offering, we are leaving you for jobs and better jobs. Come on, say this with me. Raises and bonuses, benefits, sales, and commissions. Favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decreased, blessing and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs, that I may have more than enough to give to the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. <laughs> Father, we just thank you right now for what it is you're doing in us and through us in this moment. Father, as we give, we do it cheerfully and wonderfully. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. Well, hey, you guys are amazing. And as Jenna mentioned, we do have our Easter service on April 3rd. Our theme this year, she mentioned, is Rise and Walk. And, and Ephraim, why don't you bring that up? I think we have a slide here we wanted to show everybody. And we're just so excited about this. We believe there's real breakthrough and uh, I was I was joking with some of the team. I said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna shake off our 2020 grave clothes." <laughs> and uh, and so we just you know we've had this desire to really want to see everyone rise and walk into newness of life. This service is going to be so powerful, life changing. Uh, you're not going to want to miss it. And so of course we do services on Saturdays. So don't miss our Saturday Easter weekend service at 4 p.m. on Saturday, April 3rd, Rise and Walk. What a time to invite friends, family, people to be there. It's gonna be an encounter, because that's how we believe things should be around here, is having a touch from the Lord that can change our lives. Don't miss that. And so without further ado, I wanna get into our next segment. I'm very excited. I have a dear friend um, coming in from all the way from Hull, England, which is on the eastern, northern coast of the province of the UK, uh, England, the mainland out of all the lands there, and uh, Maine meaning the largest one. I'm sure the Irish and the Welsh have a, have a problem with me saying that, the Scots as well. Um, I love all of you. I have heritage in all four of those like locations in my family. Um, and so anyways, uh, Andrew is a tremendous evangelist and carries such a, an amazing anointing. Uh, he's a person who's been very devoted just to the simplicity of the gospel. And he really ministers out of the raw power of just what's available through Christ crucified, his death, burial, resurrection, what's available in that place. And he moves in impartation and moves in healing, moves in power. And uh, he's just a tremendous man who's devoted to the word of God. One of the best preachers that I know. And of course, today we're doing more of an interview. But man, can this guy preach. And so he's the founder of Generation Builders. Him and his wife are tremendous and they're little kids. 
And, uh, and so he ministers all over the world, across continents, through generation builders, as well as he's on staff at Revive Church uh, with Jared Cooper and the team there, an amazing ministry uh, that's innovative and uh, just leading with the spirit of God uh, there in uh, the North uh, Yorkshire of, uh, of England. So uh, without further ado, we're going to go here to this time with Andrew and myself talking about a culture of healing. You're going to enjoy this. All right. So as promised, here we are with Andrew Murray. He is the founder of Generation Builders and uh, in the UK, tremendous evangelist and a dear friend. Andrew, great to have you on Kingdom Encounter today. It's great to be with you, Drew. Hi to you and to everyone watching, wherever they're watching from. It's always great to be with you guys. Indeed, my friend. Indeed, my friend. Well, hey, as we've been already, you know, if you're watching right now, maybe you're just getting on. Uh, today, we've been talking about the culture of the kingdom, and we're diving in specifically on this idea of God as a healer and what a culture looks like when you begin to have healing a part of this everyday life and really living in the kingdom looks different than, than living outside of the kingdom. And, and Andrew, as we jump into this today, man, I know you have a rich history with the Lord and it's something that I just honor so much. And, you know, you're a man who's devoted to the power of the gospel, not just being talked about, but being demonstrated and lived in. And, uh, and so Andrew, I'm excited to dive in, you know, today with you on this and, and man, let's just, let's just jump in healing. What does healing mean to you when we start talking about the culture of healing and living in a lifestyle of the power of the kingdom, moving through my life in this way, what, what sticks out to you? What do you think of the, what do you believe are the essential things that people need to know and have in their heart when it comes to this? Wow. Well, I mean, it's such a, such a huge subject, isn't it? I mean, even where do you begin? I guess, I mean, I would start by saying, going right back to the beginning and God reveals himself throughout the pages of the Bible as the healer. You know, we see that right in the, in the book of Exodus where God says to his people, I am the Lord who heals you. And he is not, he has not changed. He is the grit. I am. He's not the grit. I was, um, he was the healer. He is the healer. And I love how he says, I am the Lord that heals you. In other words, healing is not just what he does. Healing is who he is. Um, if healing was what he did, then it would be something that he did maybe on a certain day, a certain time, a certain atmosphere. But the fact that healing is who he is means that whenever we encounter him, whenever we come into his presence, or whenever, rather I should say whenever we're aware of his presence, healing is always possible because that is who he is. And he, throughout the pages of the Bible, you know, you've got Psalm 103. He is a God who forgives all our sins, heals all all our diseases um, and of course we, we, that, that's just the Old Testament we've not even got to the person of Jesus yet of course Jesus right. comes and heals all that come to him you know there are several occasions where every person Jesus comes into contact with he heals them I love that the story of the leper he says Lord um, if you are willing you, you can heal me you can make me clean and I think that's a, a great theological verse in itself he probably didn't think it at the time but he was acknowledging uh, jesus you can heal me i just want to know if you are willing to heal me and of course the answer comes i am willing and i believe that's always a response of jesus um we see that he is the healer you know the death of jesus on the cross of course opens up the way for healing isaiah 53 by his stripes we healed um and again there's some discussion you know is that is that just forgiveness of sin 
I don't think so. I think that that's a, that's an all-inclusive thing. You know, it says he took up our, our sicknesses, our illnesses. He took up our infirmities. He bore our pains. Uh, you know, so the the gospel right there at the heart of the gospel is the message of healing we're familiar with the term sozo saved healing not just for our spirit not just forgiveness not just our eternal salvation but healing right now for our bodies for our minds even i've just been recording right now a message for for easter sunday talking about resurrection power what does paul say in corinthians in romans that this if the spirit that raised him from the dead is at work within us he will quicken our mortal bodies uh, so wherever you look on the pages of scripture you cannot escape the fact that god is a healer that jesus has paid the price for our healing and that healing is for us today right now you know it's so powerful andrew what you're saying and making that shift is a big deal because you know you know i've been in church all my life you know andrew you've been in church all your life and we've been surrounded you know by people who in moments can read the scripture just as you're declaring it right now and still believe that healing is something god does and not who he is yes <laughs> you know and that's i mean it's double-minded thinking and we know that a double-minded man is unstable in all their ways the bible says and the church has been a little bit double-minded on healing right we've we've had these weird mixture theologies where we think that god uses sickness and disease to teach us a lesson and once again that's the idea that god does these things right and yes. and so it's like god does disease god does heal and that there's like these tools that he uses to manipulate us and but actually it's who he is and you know andrew talk about the shift of of, of really bringing that into your belief system of saying you know what I, i'm actually going to bring this into to healing as a person jehovah rafa healers who he is talk about that shift from from healing as a function to healing as part of who God is and what did it cost you and where were the moments where that began to really open up for you? Yeah, I mean, I think, again, partly exactly what you're saying. It's an understanding of who God is. I mean, even James 1, um, every um, he is the father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. That's what the Bible tells us. We know, is cancer a good gift? No. Is diabetes a good gift? No. Um, is, uh, you know, coronavirus a good gift? No. Healing, miracles, the power of God, the goodness of God. These are good gifts. And this is what our Father wants to pour out upon us lavishly. And again, he does not change like shifting shadows. In other words, there are no there's not a dark side there's not shades of gray there's not a question mark on this um you know he is a healer that's who he is that's what he does um every every promise from god is yes and amen again paul tells us that in corinthians every promise from god is yes uh, paul if you read that passage paul says uh, the jesus that i preach is not a jesus who who is yes and no in other words, he's not yes on a Monday, but he's no on a Tuesday. He's not yes to, to you, Drew, but no to me. He's not yes to, you know, an evangelist in a gospel crusade in Africa, but no to someone that's in the, in the store just having a chat with someone who's sick, uh, you know, on, on a Wednesday afternoon or wherever it may be. There are no gray areas. There are no question marks. There's no will he or won't he. Every promise from God is yes and amen. 
Paul said, that is the Jesus that I preached. He says, that's the Jesus that Timothy preaches, you know, uh, sorry, that Titus preaches. This was a Jesus that the apostles preached, a Jesus that said yes. Uh, but don't forget the second part. And now through us, the amen is spoken. And that, that's the, uh, that's the, the, I think, the shift we've got to get through. Firstly, we've got to understand that he has said yes, but mm -hmm. then we have to say yes to what he has already said yes to. Because that's what our men simply means. It, it means saying yes. So when we understand he has already said yes, I don't need to beg with him. I don't need to twist his arm. I don't need to kind of earn it or anything like that. Paul says, you know, that the... the the gifts and miracles that worked through you, speaking to the churches in Galatia. He, he said, th this wasn't done through your works. This wasn't done through, uh, you know, your perfect prayer life or how many hours or days you spent fasting. <laughs> he said, this was through grace. This was through faith. This was right. through, the, this is a gift of the spirit. So understanding that he has said yes, and then me simply saying yes to what he has already said yes to. And when those two yeses collide, that's miracle manifestation territory. Um, so I think a, a large part of it, um, yeah, I mean, we can talk about a lifestyle of prayer. We can talk about a lifestyle of intimacy with the Holy Spirit. We can talk in the context of local church uh, about, uh, you know, that culture, that presence culture, that, that kingdom culture. We can talk about expectancy in our daily lives. Um, all these things are a part of it, but I think it really does begin with the renewing of our minds, understanding who God is, what Jesus has done, understanding the covenant that we have with him, and then us simply saying yes to all that he's done. Come on, man. That's so good. So, so good. And, you know, I, I think kind of getting into some of those, you know, lifestyle points, I think it'd be great to kind of step into next because, this actually, this is a way to live, isn't it? This isn't just, yeah. you know, I read the Bible and now I, you know, I, I agree. You know, what you kind of started to hit on there was that we actually have to adopt these things as promises. We have to align ourselves, not with just the concept, but with the, with the belief in our identity about what our relationship is, you know, to the one. You know, I love how, you know, I love the statement, you know, it says it so well. It's impossible to come into contact with the the healer and not get healed the substance of healing the person of jesus he is the substance of healing right <laughs> and so when you if you are one with jesus if you're one with him this reality like everything becomes possible when you are one with the one who is perfect and so there's a real i mean obviously we're living in the tension of of our awareness of this and what we have manifested and what is manifesting. And, you know, I, I know for me, as I've made this kind of default shift in my life from, you know, it maybe God wants to, to actually he is, and he's always willing, you know, from, from the old thing of, I don't have all the questions and I don't know, and doubt and fear and, and unbelief. What I found is that every time I pray, I don't see healing, but I have seen, you know, more healing, in, in the last 10 years of my life adopting this value than I saw in the first 30 years combined before that moment. And there's been, just been this increase of heaven showing itself and the nature and the will of God as the healer, as the substance of healing, as I've adopted that core value, you know, and of course, a lot of people want to put pressure on themselves and like, well, if I pray, then it's, I'm a part of the process. And, you know, the only part of the process I see people, you know, in is the amen. 
it's it's God is the healer. There's no pressure on me to heal. There's only a responsibility for me to believe that God is able and willing in this moment. And that shift is really radical. And so, but when it comes to lifestyle, you know, Andrew, what are some of the things that people can do to really see increased breakthrough when it comes to physical healing um, in their life and the people's lives around them? What does it look like to begin to bring this value into your life? Um, I, I say um, kind of um, three things, really. I mean, um, the, the first one, the, the thing that's so precious to me is, um, is that lifestyle of intimacy with Jesus, intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I was just pulling up a scripture now. This is one of my favorite scriptures um, in, um, uh, in John um, 14. Um, Jesus is actually talking about signs, wonders, miracles that he does through his, in his ministry. And um, he says this, um, the words I, I, speak, I say to you, I do not speak on my own. And then he says this, it is the father living in me who is doing his work. And I love that, that, that any kind of ministry, but, but in this context, speaking about signs, wonders, miracles, it's not us doing things for God. Um, it's God doing things through us. And I think that just takes all the pressure off that actually I, I don't need to work up the power of God. I'm not the man of power for the hour. I'm not the miracle worker. It is the father living in me who is doing his work. Um, so all, all I have to do, my only responsibility is to make sure that my relationship with father is alive. As long as that relationship is living and active and real, as long as there's that connection there, then the overflow of that is going to be signs, wonders, miracles. And, and of course, you, you could open that up to any aspect of the Christian faith. We're not working up fruit. We're not trying to produce fruit. We're just remaining planted in him. It's him doing the work in us and through us. And so for me, I started moving in the miraculous. Um, really, I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, I, I brought up in church my whole life. Um, Pentecostal church so I kind of you know I spoke in tongues that kind of stuff but uh, you know I'd occasionally feel goosebumps during you know a nice moment in worship but I wouldn't say I had a real I never really had a real powerful encounter with God and you know through just a series of uh, of just d different things God just stirred up that hunger within me and there came a point in my life where I was God I'm desperate for an encounter with you and uh, for me, it was not in a church service. It was not in a conference. It was just in a, I, I just gone away for a few days just to worship, pray, read the word, seek God. And probably about four or five days into this, just the glory of God came into that room. And for several hours, I was just overwhelmed by the glory of God. It was like fire flowing through my body. It was just a powerful, powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit. And of course, after a few hours, it lifted. Um, but I, I, I went home a different person. And literally from that moment on, uh, my life has never been the same since. Mm. And so really it was that, that initial encounter with God and then subsequent encounters, some spectacular, some of them not spectacular at all, but just abiding in him, spending time with him, making sure that, that my relationship with the Father is alive. Um, uh, and then out of that will flow the fruit that we want to see. So that, that, that's really point one. And then point two, three, I, I put together and it, it's Mary to, to the servants at the wedding in Cana. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Um, so it's listen and obey. 
Um, you know, small acts of obedience produce great miracles. Um, and so it really is just listening to Father God in every situation. Um, whether it could be in a, a church service, it could be in the supermarket, it could be in your office at work, but just those moments of listening to the Holy Spirit uh, and then stepping out and doing what he tells you to do. Uh, you mentioned, you know, you pray for the sick. Uh, do you see every person healed? No. I pray for the sick. Do I see every person healed? No. But I guarantee we see more people healed than someone who never prays for the sick. Um, and so we just got to step out <laughs> in obedience and, and do what he tells yeah. us to do. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're kind of a, just simple things. You know, spending time with God. Uh, listening to God, doing what God tells tells us to do. It's not groundbreaking theology. It's not, whoa, I've never heard this before. But I really do feel that a lot of the time we, we overcomplicate things and we overthink things. And sometimes you just spend time with him and do what he tells us to do. It really is as simple as that. And if, if it gets any more complicated, um, then I, I think we, we're in danger of losing it. Yeah, you know, I think the, you know, it, performance in religion has taught us that the more that I do, the more God will respond, you know? And so yeah. you, you touched on that, uh, you know, a little bit earlier and just that idea of, you know, trying to conjure God or trying to get God to reward you with healing or, you know, all these different types of moments. And, and you're saying it again here, it, it's actually about intimacy. You know, the kingdom is about connection. Yeah. And, you know, it's so funny because, you know, the, our, our human condition without God is, is highly functional in its priority because it wants to control, wants to manipulate, it wants to secure itself, it has self-interest, all these different things. And so function is about leverage. And so, you know, whether we realize it or not, we are trying to leverage our preferences that make us feel good and protect our world. And, and that has come into religion and, and how people really, you know, engage with the Lord. You know, we're, we're not trying to conjure God. We're trying to be connected and to become aware of what we're actually one with. And, you know, I mean, the, the, I, you know, Andrew, I believe that there is so much depth available for us to step into still, even now, no matter how deep we've gone into this revelation of us being one with God, like that idea of oneness of me actually being one. I am of the same substance. I am co-mingled. I am. I've been co-created. I've been co-crucified. I've been co-resurrected. I've been, I am one. <laughs> I'm one with the one who knows all things. I'm one with the one who can heal all things. I'm one. And so, Andrew, when you're talking about intimacy, this is about awareness of our oneness. It's about awareness of what's available to us in the kingdom. And, and I just find that so many people want to live their lives, even faithful believers, want to live their lives according to their own rule. You know, and the kingdom has a has a has a territory. It has a rule and it has a ruler, you know, <laughs> and the king of kings. He has he has edicts. He has rules, if you will, that say that he is the healer and that disease has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. And so I find so many believers because they're not connected in intimacy. They're not aware of their oneness live their lives with these competing commitments 
of really living in self-rule rather than living in the rulership of the king of kings and the domain of life and abundance and goodness and healing and restoration. And, and so I love the, you know, the connection piece there. And, and, uh, and obviously, you know, Dan McCollum, who we both love and enjoy and, and have so much respect for, you know, he says that, you know, we move at the pace of our obedience, you know, and uh, our breakthrough is able to move at the pace of our obedience. And, and so, man, there's just so much breakthrough that's out there. And if we would just say yes to the Lord, listen and obey. And so intimacy, listen and obey. You guys, if you're taking notes out there, get this in your spirit. It is so simple, but it is the basics of the fundamentals of the kingdom, you know, that are going to push us forward. You know, Andrew, it's so funny because, you know, Gosh, a couple of years ago, I mean, healing was the rage in the church. I mean, everyone wanted to do a healing conference and empowerment and equipping on healing. And, and, and then all of a sudden we get some politics and some things going on. And, and of course, a pandemic and, and no one's talking about healing right now. <laughs> and you know what? I mean, if God isn't talking and if God isn't healing, I don't know that we have a kingdom. You know, these things do not stop. These are not fads. These are not moments. There's not a, just a, there's not a season of healing that happens. God is the healer, which means this is something we're responsible to represent and able to represent in everything that we do. And so, man, Andrew, any testimonies that you just, you'd love to share that you think would build people's faith right now to begin to lift the expectation for God being a healer? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell um, two stories. Um, one kind of me moving in healing and then another of someone receiving healing. So because there may be people that want to move in healing, there may be people that need a miracle right now. Um, the f first one I I'll just share with you, it just goes to really, again, just talk about the kingdom that we carry, the presence that we carry. Most of the, 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 the most powerful miracles that I've seen, I wasn't even aware of what was happening at the time. Um, I was in a service in Argentina a few years ago, um, and it was a Sunday evening service, and we were just laying hands on everybody that was there, just praying for people to encounter the Holy Spirit. I didn't have a translator with me uh, during the ministry time, so I wasn't, you know, asking, you know, what do you want prayer for? Sometimes we kind of, we kind of have this idea that we have to know all the information, then we have to say certain things and speak to specific issues. And I, I, there is part of that, you know, where you can speak directly to certain things. But I often find, you know, sometimes you don't even need that. It really is presence, just the presence of Jesus. And I guess there was one guy I prayed for, didn't even register. But um, about 18 months later, I was back at that church. And before I got up to speak, this young guy got up to share his testimony. His name's Yogi, and you can see this testimony on, on YouTube. Um, he shared that he, um, all his life, he'd struggled with mental health problems, and he had been diagnosed with a very serious form of schizophrenia. Um, it was so severe that he would often get out of control violently, and his family would have to tie him to the bed in their home. Uh, there was nothing that anybody could do for him. They were not believers, but they had heard that this Sunday night event was happening. Um, and so in desperation, they brought him to the church service. He did not have a clue what was going on. He didn't know anything about what I was preaching. I mean, he was just so out of it. He didn't even know his own name. Uh, but I just laid hands on him. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know the need. And this is what he said. He said, when you laid hands on me, he said, something happened. 
And mm. I just love that simple testimony that when the presence of God touches us, something happens. And he, he said in that moment, just something lifted off of his life. And it began a process of healing. And here he was 18 months later, just totally free in his right mind, loving God. He was on the leadership school in that church, training to be a leader in, the, in their, their community. Um, just an incredible testimony of, of just what happens when we just carry the presence of God and when we just see uh, the kingdom of God at work through us. The other um, testimony I'll share, just for those that are wanting to receive healing, um, and this is kind of a two-in-one testimony. I was in two services back-to-back um, where two people had exactly the same issue. Um, I was in one service um, near London, and um, I was praying for the sick, and there was a guy there with a, a, a back problem. He had a, he had a pain, severe pain in his back. And um, I was laying hands on him and praying for him. And, uh, and you know that sometimes when you're praying for people, you're just praying in faith. You're not really feeling anything. You, you just kind of stepping out and hoping that, that God's going to do it. But there are times when you just know God is at work. And this yeah. was one of those instances. I was feeling fire all the way through my hand, my arm. I knew God was healing this guy. And so I said to him, I said, sir, can you just start to move your back for me and let's see what Jesus has done? He said, oh, I can't do that because when I move my back, it hurts. So I kind of, I wanted to slap him. I was like, I know it, it hurts. That's why you've come out for prayer. Um, <laughs> I, I said, look, sir, I believe that God has healed you. If you just move your back, I believe you'll, you'll experience, you'll testify all the pain is gone. He said, oh, no, I, I don't want to make it worse. And he was making all these excuses. And I was trying to argue him, uh, argue to him <laughs> that he'd been healed. But he, his mind could not kind of accept it. And so he kind of hobbled back to his seat. Um, uh, the, the, uh, just a, a couple days later, I was in another service in the south of England. I, and this time I had a word of knowledge. I said, I believe there is someone here with a problem in your back. Um, if that's you, just raise your hand. I believe that, that God is healing you. Well, at first, no one was raising their hand, so I was a little bit kind of unsure. But then I heard everyone was clapping, cheering, and they were pointing behind me to the worship team on the stage. And the drummer was stood up, and he was kind of doing some movements, testing his back out. I don't know why he was even drumming if he had a bad back, but anyway, that's a, that's a story for another day. Uh, but I said to him, is, is that you? Do you have a bad back? He said, yeah. I said, well, let's pray for you. He said, you don't need to. He said, the moment you said there is someone here with a bad back and God wants to heal them, I said, I'm having that. And he said, the moment I said, I'm having that, I got that. I'm totally healed. You don't need to pray for me. And I love the contrast between the two. One guy, he was trying to rationalize it. He was trying to think it through. He was waiting yep. for something to happen before he, he would even test the word of God. This other guy, just a hint, just a sniff that God, something in the atmosphere that God was at work. He was like, I receive that. I claim that. And I love that, that attitude. I think that's an attitude that we need when it comes to receiving healing or anything. Again, it goes back to all of God's promises are yes. I'm claiming the amen. I'm receiving all that, that God has to do. And all that young man did was say yes. And at that moment, I think it's in, um, in James in the, in the message translation, it says, say a quiet yes to God and he will be there in no time at all. And I just love that. The moment you say yes, the kingdom comes. 
Come on. The moment you say yes, the kingdom comes. <laughs> well, man, Andrew, as you're just sharing, I felt my faith getting stirred. I feel the presence of God right now. And, you know, if you're watching and, and your heart is connecting here and you're being stirred, we just believe the Lord wants to move in your life right now. You know, screens are not a limitation for the presence of God. And so right now in your home, in your office, in your bed, wherever you're at, um, in your car, you're just listening in. The Lord wants to do something. He wants to break in and he wants to heal your body. This is who he is. Jehovah Rapha, the great physician, the healer. And so, Father, we just thank you right now. We just open up our hearts, Lord, for you to begin to move and stir over the next couple of moments as we do some ministry here. Lord, as we release your goodness, even Lord, I feel like even through the testimony that, Lord, there's already been some breakthrough. There's someone with a back issue and they begin to hear this testimony and they heard of the one with doubt and the one who said yes. And the moment you said you heard the testimony of yes was the breakthrough, you said yes. And so I just see that there's backs being healed right now through the yes of the Lord. And uh, we just thank you, Lord, for that and what you're doing right now. Andrew, what are you sensing? What are you feeling, man? Well, straight away, I just want to pray fire over people right now. I just, if you're able to right now, obviously not if you're driving or anything, but if you're able to, just raise your hands right now. And I just pray fire upon you right now. Thank you, from Lord. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. I pray a fresh baptism of fire right now. If you're in pain in your body right now, I just pray that that fire will burn away all pain right now. Some of you can feel a heat right now flowing through your back. Some of you with arthritis right now in your hands, you can feel a tingling in your hands right now. Now, the fire of God burning away that arthritis right now. I pray right now, those that maybe are not sick in their bodies, but they want to move in healing. They want to move in the miraculous. Or those that are just hungry for you right now. I pray a baptism of fire right now. I pray that the fire of the Holy Ghost would come upon you right now. Let you, God, I pray right now, just step into people's rooms right now. Step into people's homes right now. Step into people's places of work right now. Manifest fire would you come and step in and baptize people afresh yes, right now Lord. in the name of Jesus I rebuke cancer right now in the mighty name of Jesus I curse cancer right now I take authority over it right now and we release the healing power of God we say yes right now to healing right now from cancer in the mighty name of Jesus and I also pray right now for healing from trauma right now people that maybe are not sick in their bodies right now but but they're they're suffering the after effects of traumatic events accident, abuse, whatever it may be. I want to pray right now that God would just step in right now. And the one who heals our bodies right now, he's also the healer of our souls right now. He's a healer of our minds right now. He's a lifter of our heads. He is the great restorer right now. He comes when his kingdom comes. He restores all things. And right now I declare that you are being restored right now. That you are being renewed right now. That God is doing a work of healing right on the inside of you right now. That he's healing, bandaging up all wounds, healing scars right now, taking away the, the, the trauma right now, the root right now, that poisonous root right now that is within you. God is reaching down and pulling it out right now. And he's pouring healing oil right now into you in Jesus name. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, for this stirring up that's happening. Father, we just declare that, Lord, 
that you are the healer and that Lord, literally even without a touch, Lord, through the, through the power of the word, your faith has made you whole. Jesus said that your faith has made you whole. And so we just declare that Lord, even right now, uh, without the touch, without the connection of a, of, a, of a person with a microphone or a title, Father, we declare that your touch is the touch that's needed. And so we just release, Father, this refreshing, this renewing, Father, this fire of your presence right now in Jesus' mighty name, Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. Wow, Andrew, thank you so much. This is so powerful, bro. We could sit right in this moment for her. For a long time. <laughs> amen, amen. It's nice, real powerful. I sense the presence of God as well. But yeah, just great to be with you. Thank you so much. Yeah, Andrew, just honored to have you, my friend. And and uh, we love you so much. And just thankful you to spend a few moments with us today, encouraging us and, and bringing what you carry uh, here to Kingdom Encounter, brother. Thanks so much. Hey, bless you. Yeah, before we go, man, just let everyone know how they can get in touch with you and uh, what's uh, what's happening in your world. Uh, yeah, you can. Our, our website is generationbuilders.org, um, so you can check that out. There's, um, uh, you can sign up for our, our e-news on there that will connect you with our ministry. There's an online store with products and different things on there. I'm on all the social media stuff as well: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, I, I can't remember the, the handles or anything, but but you, you can find me on there. And uh, also, um, you can get a. I've got books out on Amazon as well and on eBooks as well. Um, so you can check those out. Um, just a, a couple of books. My latest book is called The Sound of Heaven. A lot of prophetic people are saying this is the year, uh, rather this is a decade of, of the sound, of the voice, of the mouth. And so I really believe this is a real prophetic book that God is wanting us to hear the sound of heaven, hear the sound of the Lord, and then just release that sound, that sound of the kingdom wherever we, you go. Um, so you can check that book out, The Sound of Heaven. Just search for Sound of Heaven, Andrew Murray, on Amazon or on on Kindle, eBooks, all that kind of stuff. And then um, one other book, uh, which I'll just give a, a plug. I wrote this a couple of years ago. Um, it's called The Miracle Table, uh, Rediscovering the Power of Communion. Uh, there are actually a few people. Um, in fact, uh, someone called Benny Johnson, who you may have heard of a little bit more famous than me. Um, she wrote, also wrote a book on, on communion as well, this, around the same time. Um, and I've seen a lot of people receive healing um, as they've taken communion. Uh, we've seen cancer healed, uh, we've seen marriages restored, people being set free from all kinds of stuff, just as they've taken communion with a fresh understanding of, of what it is and what the Lord's done for us. So again, that's a, a real powerful book that you can check out. Well, that's exciting, man. You guys, I can't encourage you enough. Uh, you know, Andrew is a tried and tested, powerful kingdom leader. Uh, and uh, just so blessed by his ministry and his friendship. And uh, everyone there in Hall, actually, at Revive Church as well, just so blessed by all of you. And so, you guys, if you're, you know, been ministered to by Andrew, go to generationbuilders.org, check out his resources. These books will change your life and be a blessing to you. Yeah, so, I, should have, I should have also said, just as you mentioned it, yeah, you mentioned our local church, Revive Church. Again, you can check out the website, revivechurch.co.uk we've got a youtube channel as well just search for revive church uh, hall and all our, our services and all our broadcasts are all, are all on there as well fantastic andrew thanks so much for being with us today we love you so much man hey bless you thank you yeah indeed well there's andrew you guys and just thank you so much for tuning in today to kingdom encounter and i hope that you were ministered to i hope you were touched 
make sure you go on and grabbing those resources. And then of course, as you know, our Supernatural Identity course is out and our second track on the prophetic is available right now. Make sure you guys are going to generation1.org slash courses to register to move at your own pace. And I think that will be a blessing for you guys as well as we walk this out here on Kingdom Encounter. God bless you guys. Thanks for tuning in today. We will see you next week, every Wednesday night, of course, at eight o'clock uh, Eastern time. We will talk to you guys soon. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Something good is about to happen. Bye-bye.